Hello, welcome to Life Coaching on the Move. I'm your host, Dawn Fisk, life coach, trainer, speaker, podcaster, all sorts. Welcome along. I am so grateful that you've chosen to listen to this uh, this week. Um, and we are talking about self-compassion and emotions and how to use your emotions for indicators of what's wrong and therefore coming up with solutions as to how to solve what's wrong. Um, so I hope it's really, really helpful. Um, just to let you know, I've got some more dates for my workshops coming up, life skills and confidence workshop and a stress management comp- uh, workshop. So if you want to look at the website, please do feel free. Or if you want to contact me, you can do so through the website. Or if you want some online programs or my blog or whatever it is, have a little look at the website, which is www.milestone-coaching.co.uk. Thank you so much for choosing this uh, podcast this week. I'm going to go straight into this week's episode. I hope it's what you need. So today I'm talking about, um, well, it sounds like I'm talking about the weather. That would be very British, wouldn't it? Um, A great subject that we love. Um, But it's not. It's not talking about the weather. That's just an analogy. It's talking about our emotions. And what I'm thinking today is that our emotions are very similar to the weather. The weather just is. The weather is just, it's raining today, or it's snowing today, or it's a bit damp and grey today and cloudy, or it's beautifully sunny and warm, or it's windy or whatever. It's just the weather. <clears throat> and it varies. Um, and it varies because of reasons. Um, it varies because we've got a high pressure, or we've got a front coming in, or we've got a low pressure, or whatever. I don't really understand it. But there are reasons why today it's particularly gusty. Or tomorrow it's going to be very, very wet. Or it's going to be a gorgeous few days and it's very spring-like and very sunny. And very unusually mild for the time of year, etc, etc. And the analogy I'm drawing there is for us, we humans, we are a whole gambit, a whole... Uh, an array of emotions. We can be up, we can be down, we can be a mixture, we can be a bit of both. We can be excited about something, but a bit cross about something else, or annoyed, or frustrated, or um, happy about something for somebody, or about something. But equally, at the same time, we can be feeling tired, and stressed, or whatever it is. So we can be a mixture and an array of emotions. Um, Just, I suppose, that some days, particularly in the UK, we can have all four seasons in one day. It could start really sunny, beautiful start to the day. Then the wind gets up. By the afternoon, it's raining and hailing. And by the evening, it's nice and dry and clear night. You can see the stars. Um, And all of which are caused by fronts and pressure and things like that. Um, With our moods and with our emotions... I think there, there's nothing wrong. There are no good emotions and there are no bad emotions. Um, there are no positives or negatives. They are what they are, just as the weather is what the weather is. What I think they are is data. I heard this mentioned and I loved it. It really resonated with me that our emotions and our moods are data. They don't define us. They're not who we are. We're not 
and this is another thing, you know, we often say to to other people, I'm stressed or I'm angry or I'm um I'm a positive person or um I'm a chatterbox or whatever it is. We define ourselves and that's not us totally because just like a day in the UK or anywhere else, it can be a whole mixture. So we're not just a chatterbox. We can also have inward, introverted, introspective moments or quiet moments, calm and peaceful. Um, we, we might define ourselves as stressed, but we're not fully stressed all the time. We might be stressed at work, um, but we might be able to sit down and watch a good film and sit with the children and, and play a board game or something like that. Um, so we are a mixture of um, all sorts of emotions, none of which are good or bad. What they are is a result of something, a bit like the weather is neither good nor bad, it's a result of something, a high pressure or low pressure or whatever. Um, so instead of letting our emotions define us and us describing ourselves as angry or I'm furious or I'm stressed or I'm down or I'm depressed we're not that's not who we are we're feeling depressed or we're feeling stressed or we're feeling joyful or we're feeling excited but it's not exclusively who you are or who I am um and I think that's where we go wrong sometimes by defining ourselves as I'm depressed or I'm shy or whatever it is. We drag our whole being into it and that's not the reality. We tar our whole self with that brush if that's what we're doing, if we're putting ourselves down or judging ourselves or um, you know, accepting a lot of no negative because it, it won't be totally exclusively all negative, just as it won't be totally exclusively all positive either. Um, we need to embrace the whole mixture and need to embrace that we're feeling angry or we're feeling um, excited and optimistic and, um, you know, in a good mood, etc., and then we need to think about why because if we because emotions are just data to tell us indicate something if we're feeling angry or we're feeling depressed or we're feeling pessimistic or frightened or whatever it is then the question is why what what is the trigger what are we fearful of what are we depressed about or feeling depressed about or what are we what part of our life or our day or our workload is stressing us or our work-life balance? Is it just juggling so much all at once? And once we know, so in order to take it back a step and work out why, why we're feeling fearful or why we're feeling stressed or low or tearful or what, whatever the emotion is, we need to work out the cause, then when we've found out what the cause is, we can set about trying to find a solution. So here I'm talking about taking a much more proactive, um, self-compassionate 
approach. Rather than just label ourselves something, resign ourselves to that thing, particularly if it's negative, in, you know, and, and we're judging ourselves, it's stopping that. Um, it's then seeing it in context. It's not the whole of our life that feels stressed. It's this bit, or it's not the whole of me that feels fearful. I'm fearful about this thing. Um, we can then set about trying to find the root cause and therefore trying to find a solution and deciding on some actions, deciding on some strategies and deciding on some steps to solve it. And that's where self-compassion comes in because we are, there are so many studies um, that show the amazing benefits of self-compassion on our well-being. There's also lots of studies to show that us in the UK and, in fact, America, uh, are very, very poor at it. We're one of the lowest countries for it. Um, we're not very self-compassionate at all. Um, and yet it is very, very powerful. So we probably could, most of us, benefit from learning to be a little bit more self-compassionate. Um, and by that, I mean, not, not, it's, self-compassion is not about making excuses for ourselves. It's not labeling ourselves or just accepting and resigned to it and just saying that's who I am. That's not who we are. Um, and it's not about self-pity either. It's very, very active, mindful state um, so setting about solving the issues. So if you are a compassionate parent or a compassionate friend, you'll listen to their problems and their worries and their anxieties. And then you'll give them a little bit of encouragement um, and you, you'll be kind to them. So if your child came home from school and was really down because they'd fallen out with their friends and their friends didn't speak to them all day and somebody was really mean and said this and they're tearful and they're crying and you would feel really compassionate about that. Um, and you would be kind to them. You wouldn't pick on them. Um, and you wouldn't dismiss what they're saying and you wouldn't just label them. You would listen, be loving and then you might offer them, okay, what, what can you do? Could you talk to little little Emily or little um, Ben or whatever? Or maybe uh, become go and play tomorrow, go and play in the sand or the, the playhouse with, um, with Freddie instead. Um, and when they get over this, they'll come over and talk to you. Then just be nice to them and then just include them. It'll all blow over. Don't take it to heart. They're just having a bad day and you know that they like you. They played with you yesterday. They've just been a little bit silly uh, or something like that. You would give them a bit of a pep talk and you would help them to find ways. You know, don't worry about it. Go and play in this area with those friends tomorrow. And if there's anything wrong, talk to the teacher and ask if you can go and play in this group or whatever it is. I don't know. I'm just thinking aloud. But let's say they're a bit older. So let's say they're older, they're teens, and you offer them a bit of advice, um, some strategies, some suggestions. 
Or you ask them, well, what could you do about it? What have you done? Have you talked to them? Have you thought about this? Or um, what have you tried so far? And what did he say? And what did she say? And did that work? And da, da, da. So you start being a sounding board and a supporter and also getting them to think about what they can do about it. Um, and how they can solve this issue or they got told off because they d- didn't do very well in their homework. OK, now they're in trouble. So how can we address this? OK, you've got different homework this week. What can you do? Should we, do you want me to help you? Should we Google some research? Have you got a book on it? Um, let's look at this or whatever. We go into solution mode. We help them. What can we do to to enable them to solve this issue, this this topic, this upset. That's compassion. And that's what we need to do for ourselves. So the emotion is the signal. We've got to work out what's going on, but we don't have to pity ourselves. Uh, we don't have to accept it, but we need to be self-compassionate be kind and think, well, okay, I'll feel better if I have a nice warm soak in the bath or I'm just going to, I'm not going to do any work tonight. I'm going to give myself the night off because it's stressing me. I need to, to to do some some relaxation. I need to maybe do some yoga tonight. Um, so we stop being self-critical. We stop beating ourselves up. We start being a friend, just as we would to our children or to our best friend or to a loved one that had poured out all of their issues. Um so if you want to call it self-compassionate, you can. If you want to call it a friend to yourself, you can. It's not all sort of Pollyanna and all sickly. I don't want to put people off, especially as I know now that in the UK we are renowned for being poor at this. But um, if we do practical exercising, uh practical exercises in looking after ourselves and we can call it what we want we want to call it being a a, a self-compassionate or a compassionate parent to ourselves or friend to ourselves or whatever but it's about self-care finding a solution um supporting ourselves being an ally it's a bit like going into instead of criticizing ourselves it's stopping the negativity stopping the criticism if you were going into battle would you want to go into battle with a an enemy that criticizes you the whole time or would you want to go into battle with an ally that's right behind you got your back sorting you out looking after you protecting you that's what it's about um because life is difficult it's got its challenges we you know that's what life is and it will always be that way we will always have bumps in the road without a doubt it's not all smooth that's what makes life interesting it makes us resilient it makes us us interesting um and our days and our lives and it gives us stories to say and to share with people and experiences and all the rest of it that's what life is um but if we can look after ourselves and get ourselves through it and, and be kinder to ourselves instead of that onslaught of criticism and chipping away at our own confidence, having that voice in our head that is just, uh, you know, mean, spiteful, nasty, puts us down, chips away at us, attacks us, criticises us. That's horrible. We've got, we must stop doing that. It needs to be an ally. I've got your back. Let's look at this. Let's find a solution. What can we do about this? What's it telling us? What's this emotion telling us? Why? Where did it come from? 
how can we solve it, etc. You will come out of it much sooner. You will use the emotion for what it is, which is data, in order to turn it around into a strategy. You will come out of it sooner. You will become more resilient, a kinder person to be around. And if you and when you've learned to do this for you, you will automatically then be so much better at doing it for others as well. So we owe it to others, don't we? <laughs> I always say this, um, self-care, um, me time, self-compassion, all of that is not selfish. It absolutely isn't because everybody around us will benefit. So it's selfless. If you've got children, they'll benefit from you um, being more compassionate to yourself. You'll also be more compassionate to them too. Um, if you're a colleague, if you're a team, a line manager, whoever you are, a parent, a child of, you know, an adult child to your parents, you will be better at it um, and a nicer person to be around if you can look after and be self-compassionate to you first. It will filter out to others around you without a doubt. You would be better in your relationship, friendships, the lot. So this is worth working on. So as a practical approach, I would really strongly recommend listening to your emotions and, and asking what what emotions of what three emotions have I got overriding today? Where have they come from? Um, what has caused them? What's at the root of them? What or the trigger? What's the trigger? And is there, what can I do about it? How can I be kind to myself? How can I have my own back, look out for myself, be an ally to myself? What can I do to improve it? Um, give yourself a pep talk or talk to a friend, commit to, right, I'm going to talk to somebody about this. I'm going to go and talk to my mum or my friend or my loved one about this, see if I can pick their brains and see if it there's a route out of this, um, some suggestions, or just to hear yourself clarify in your mind by talking it out loud, or journal, or um, some strategies to make yourself feel better and stronger, whether it's some exercise, go for a walk, mull it over, um, get an early night, eat some good for healthy food, make yourself feel better, whatever it has to be, you need to be self-compassionate. We all do as a nation need to be kinder to ourselves so and I think it's topical as well with everything that we're listening to in the media at the moment with you know all the hideousness that's going on about the Met Police and women's safety and the conversations that are going on that need to go on at the moment but it was interesting because I was talking to my son about this because he's, you know, I'm female and I wanted to talk to him about um, how important it is that women feel safe and men don't make them feel threatened or endangered or, or harm them. And actually it was dead interesting listening to him because he he also was saying yes, but he actually statistically is more at risk to go out. He's more at risk of knife crime or being mugged or being attacked or drunken brawls or um, fights, street fights or whatever. Males are much more at risk actually of being victims of crime than females. 
And he was also saying, and actually far more men are killed in wars. You know, Second World War was so many males lost tragically in tra traumatic ways, hideous deaths. Um, and he then added that uh, men are much more likely to commit suicide as well. And so I think what he was saying was, you know, there are issues for men too. And there are absolute issues for females too. And in fact, actually what he and I were concluding in our chat was that it's not necessarily about um, safety for women or safety for men. It's safety and kindness to all people. We've got to stop being aggressive and violent um, to anybody, men and women. If all of us were kinder to everybody and there weren't uh, victims, and there wasn't aggression, and there wasn't violence towards anybody or to ourselves, it would be a far better place. So actually, I think he's right, I'm right, women are right, men are right. We all just need to be kinder to everybody. We all need to get rid of aggression and st stop violence and and things like that and in fact maybe where it should start therefore doing a full loop and I hadn't even realized I was going to do that doing a full loop is perhaps we need to show self-compassion and thereafter as well as that will put us in a much stronger position to show much more compassion to our, our friends and um, other other humans around us and that in turn would filter out to it being a much nicer planet, a much kinder planet. And that, I think, is ultimately what we need. We need to just treat everybody better, ourselves included. Um, so I didn't know I was going to say that. Blimey. Um, anyway, that was hot off the press because we only just had that conversation with him. So maybe that was why. Um, so have a really good week. Look after yourselves, be kind to yourself and compassionate to yourself and to others. And I hope this has helped. If it has, please feel free to share it on your social media because it could be what anybody else that you know may benefit from uh, this week. Uh, because it does feel quite an angry, emotional week, um, quite rightly so. So people are raw at the moment. So um, it might be quite good timing. If you want to go back and listen to any previous episodes, there are about 92 other episodes on all sorts of different subjects, a whole massive array of subjects, then please do feel free to go back into the uh, back catalogue. It might be best to start at number one rather than go to last week's and the week before's and um, that way because um, you will get a better understanding of my coaching approach um, by starting at number one. The first 10 are actually the ones that set out uh, the foundation of my coaching. Uh, so have a great week and I am really looking forward to talking to you on next week's episode of Life Coaching on the Move. And in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Mm -hmm.